Today on Frightful Failures on Film, we discuss The Hollow, a 2015 made-for-sci-fi movie about three annoying teenagers being hunted by a pretty awesome monster. Will he kill them all? Let's hope. So put on your favorite striped sweater and sharpen the knives on your glove because it's time for... Frightful Failures! <laughs> all right, so thank you all for making it through that new fancy intro. Uh, I am one half your host, Zach Romero. That would be the other half, Tian Guignol. And, oh my, what a film we have to talk about today. Fantastic, yeah. Um, before we jump into that, how, how you been this week, buddy? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, I have to say, uh, to, to give to give the uh, the listeners a little back uh, behind-the-scenes idea... Uh, these movies are essentially chosen at random on our end. We're not necessarily going through and, you know, picking like, oh, we're going to do this. It's just sort of like, oh, this kind of looks like it could be interesting. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very interesting that both films that we are, ta- are going to be talking about on this show, The, the Chosen and, and The Hollow, um, both fall into that same vein of uh, children are the most important thing on the planet. And I'm really hoping that that doesn't continue on as our show continues. Yeah, I really hope that that's not the the overlying theme. Yeah, after and then uh, again, we all get converted, and then we, uh, you know, we're very much, you know, uh, Christian missionaries by the right. end of this. No, it's, at, at a certain point, I'm going to feel the need to go watch like a, a sleazy '70s flick that just kills kids, just so I yeah. can feel like it balances out. Yeah, please. Yeah, that now, would be now, great. Now, Tian, how are you doing this week? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Let's see. Um, I've been really wanting to get out and see The Witch. Uh, did Did you finally get out and see uh, Deadpool? Not yet. I haven't seen Deadpool yet, and I've also wanted to see The Witch. I heard about it and did a little research, and I was like, "This looks like it could be really." Actually, the only thing I'm concerned about The Witch is apparently everyone talks in like old timey English with uh, with an accent, and I've heard that, that sometimes actually makes it a little bit hard to understand. Oh. Um, but other than that, everything else about it sounds fantastic, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that as well. Yeah, no, I'd be excited. We should try and get out and see that. Um, and so the Deadpool thing, is at this point, is it like a martyr thing where you're like, well, <laughs> you, you make me stay home and watch these terrible That's movies. That's true, yeah. So, now I'm so punishing, I don't have a chance to get out and I'm, see Deadpool. I'm punishing myself because <laughs> you keep giving me bad movies. Um, no, if anything, I think um, I think Star Wars would have fit that because I still haven't seen that. And I you, What? Yeah. So I think if anything, <laughs> it's February, right? Oh, right. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen that, but um, which now I'm sure all the listeners are like can't take his opinion seriously. Then. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. What, but, do you, what do you? Uh, uh, what else is taking up your time? What are you like uh, working and spending time with your wife? And uh, uh, I wish no. I'm working. I'm working a regular job. I'm doing uh, online reviews. I'm doing uh, t-shirt making out of my home, which is a, a bonus 40-hour-a-week job, which I wasn't planning on. Um, I'm working in uh, local professional wrestling companies as an announcer and as an interview guy. Um, so, yeah, not a lot of free time. <laughs> although, although if I can really drive this point home before we move on to the actual movie, um, instead of seeing Star Wars and instead of seeing Deadpool, I saw Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers film. I um, saw that as well. Uh, what would you think of that? It was uh, pretty disappointing. Um, it uh, was. It, it felt like a lot of scenes just kind of cut together. Like they're like uh, they, they had a lot of great individual ideas that didn't really connect. And before you know it, you know you're watching 
Channing Tatum right off into the sunset, and you're like, what, is the movie over? I don't understand. Um, I thought it was, I enjoyed it, I felt it was not as funny as the trailers had made it out to be. Like, yes. the, like the trailers make it out to be like this fall on the ground, like, hilarious romp, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, not really. I did like that it was old-timey Hollywood. Yeah, um, I love that, of course. I actually wish the movie was longer, believe it or not, just because I wanted to spend more time with all these, um... Characters. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying is that it, it felt very disconnected and you felt very detached from everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill's role in the movie, who's on the poster, Jonah yeah. Hill being on the poster of the movie, and every single line that comes out of his mouth is in the trailer. So yeah. Three lines, so. That was odd. But anyway, so yeah, I, get, I, I skipped uh, Deadpool and Star Wars to go see Hail Caesar. <laughs> Great. Well, so, yeah, making great yeah. choices. That's, that's me. <laughs> Including the hollow. Right. Oh, God. So, um, a other side note about this, in addition to all of the movies we've watched so far are all children mm-hmm. are the greatest thing ever, um, this is the first one that made me really mad. Like, The Chosen was just sort of like, eh, this is just silly. Um, and we even laughed about making it a dark comedy, but, um, mm-hmm. This one was this one made me mad. So uh, we'll see we'll see how this goes uh, in yeah. regards to me trying not to lose my damn mind. Okay, um, sure. So let's kick it off then, shall we? Yeah. So as you said, this was made in 2015. Um, it was it, it it is the equivalent of being straight to video from the olden days. This, mm-hmm. I don't think this got any kind of real theatrical release or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and was annoying as shit to watch, and I really didn't care for it very much. <laughs> The end. Um, uh, yeah, well, that's been our episode this week, yeah, folks. Enjoy, uh, thank please, you. Please uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave comments. Um, no, uh, so I think I think for this episode, let's let's we'll we'll do the summation and then we'll throw our commentary in. Sure. Um, because that's fine. Yeah, we'll... as much as I would love to just scream and yell about this movie from the get go, I feel like if people haven't watched it yet, that a lot of my a lot of my angry points aren't going to really make sense. Yeah, so. Uh, so... So let's try and, and hopefully fairly quickly give a, a, yeah. a summary, a synopsis of this movie here. So uh, uh, it does go ahead and it opens in kind of a John Carpentery uh, quiet suburban neighborhood. It's Halloween. You can tell by the jack-o'-lanterns. Um, and you, well, local... you can tell by the jack-o'-lanterns and no other decorations at all. There's, <laughs> there's, like a, it's, there's an opening shot of like four pumpkins and then nothing else is Halloween-based at all. Which, That's I mean, it. you can kind of sweep it on the rug for, like, what the, the exposition they're going to give. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, just very lackluster. Like, no, no, and I'm not talking, like, you have to have the fake hanging dead body in your front yard, but, like, not even, like, the, oh, there's some leaves on the ground. Like, nothing. <laughs> like, oh, storefront window display. No, it's everything well, is fine I mean? except for these four pumpkins. It makes sense, and it doesn't make sense in terms of the exposition, but we'll jump into that. Right. So you're here, you're here in John Carpenter Landia, well, low-budget John Carpenter Landia, um, and your friendly neighborhood grocery clerk uh, carries some groceries out to a woman, and she uh, unveils that uh, her nieces are coming to stay with her, who are presumably going to be the main characters of this film, these nieces. Um, meanwhile, Sparky in the backseat of the car is going crazy at some unseen entity outside of the car, going absolutely nuts, barking, raving mad. Um, the grocery clerk unveils something vaguely ominous uh, about, well, maybe it's not best for the nieces to come and stay this weekend, you know, with being Halloween and all, and a storm is coming, maybe you shouldn't. But he's played off as being superstitious by the woman. She says it's fine. I haven't seen him in so long. They're coming up. 
Uh, with that, he bids her adieu. She gets in the car, starts driving away. Sparky is ceaseless. Yeah, going completely mental in the backseat. Going completely mental in the backseat. It's getting worse. Um, she starts to get kind of scared at uh, how absolutely crazy he's going, how inconsolable this dog is at this point. She stops the car. The dog bursts through the glass of the window of the car and takes off into the woods. So she gets out, starts to pursue him, um, and uh, you hear a, a bit of a dog whimper. Something has happened to the dog. She rounds a corner of trees, and uh, we get a little lightning strike into the ground, into the dry leaves over there. Starts to, uh, you know, ca- cause what looks like a small fire. Some embers start to rise. Uh, ghost embers charges right at her, knocks her onto the ground. She gets dragged off to her doom, but not before one last little jump scare as we pan back to her car and she's all of a sudden back at the car, bloodied, putting her hand up on the uh, window itself. And that's her introduction to this movie is, uh, the ghost embers. Yes. So then we cut to, uh, and I wanted to make a brief comment that not only is it very low budget John Carpenter, it's also very, uh, reminiscent of, like, Stephen King, of, like, oh, it's a small town in Maine, but yes. not everything appears what it seems, or, you know. Yeah, whatever. that's exactly right. And, and 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 what you're about to comment on as well is uh, how uh, you, you, the, night, the nightmare sequence happens right here, correct? Yes, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we get this kind of sort of spoilery, sort of not, uh, you know, strobe lighty, uh, Hellraiser-ish kind of dream sequence that, you know, it's just a lot of scenes that we don't really get context of, and and then little girl screaming, and oh, she was having a bad dream, she's sleeping in the backseat of the car, it's one of the nieces that, that we met, that we get mentioned earlier. Um, Maybe this was just me, but uh, my, I wasn't paying attention enough, but I thought the nightmare was kind of very poorly edited as a nightmare, and I wasn't sure if this was come, some kind of American Horror Story-esque intro to the movie or something, <laughs> like the, the, the credits or whatever. Um, I, I did not tell until, you know, a few minutes after we're in the car that that was indeed a, a nightmare that the little girl had. So, that's her, all oh, she screams, ah, person driving, slams on the brakes, and then... We see it's it's three three women in there. Well, two women and a girl. It's uh, Sarah, Marilyn, and Emma. Emma being the youngest. And so uh, Sarah, who is the responsible stuffy one, and then Marilyn, who is just a girl on the edge, and she's just a little rebel. Um, so uh, Marilyn's driving. Sarah asks, "Oh, I thought you were good to to, to drive." Oh, well, then why don't you drive? And they're bickering back and forth, and then. Uh, uh, Marilyn gets out of the car and she's going to light up a cigarette because she's just so stressed. And uh, as, if you couldn't tell from my tone, I already was rolling my eyes at this point in the movie, which was I was surprised by because this is like maybe three minutes in. Um, and the biggest thing that really irks me is that these three characters only have two modes of speech. They're either bitching and not get, not doing anything, not helping things, or they speak in unbreaking, unwavering exposition. Mm, and yes. that drove me crazy. Because in that scene, as Marilyn is upset uh, outside the car, Sarah comes out, and then they're having this, like, just ungodly, like, no person would ever talk like this in real life. 
mm-hmm. kind of conversation about well you pro- Emma's having troubles and you promised that we would get to that we would get along and this is our only option and our parents are dead and da 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 that and, was that was what really drove it over the edge for me is well how is she supposed to feel after she watched both of our parents die in a car accident on that dark and stormy night yeah, when they oh were God. killed by that large truck and and we were left alone as orphans and now our life has been like this for so long Oh, and I wanted to stay in the city, and you said we couldn't. Well, we don't have any money left. Mom and Dad's life insurance didn't pay for the... Bu- oh, God, why? You couldn't that come up with a better way. That, that didn't pan out either. Yeah, like, it's like you really couldn't come up with a better way to show this. You had to literally just have... Okay, and then you say this, and then you tell... You you speak from the, the Wikipedia page about this movie next, and then you do... I'm like, oh, my God, I get it. Like, just very, very ridiculous and very clunky. So... Yes. We get the, 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 the whole premise is they have to move in with their aunt, essentially. So they're driving uh, to this island where their aunt lives. And so they get there, they get to the ferry, and the guy who kind of looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, uh, tells them, gives them an ominous warning of like, oh, well, most people are trying to leave the island this weekend because there's a storm coming and it's not great to be on the island with the storm, which is legit. It's not great to be on any island if there's a big, like if a hurricane's coming, you don't want to be on an island. You'd want to be yeah. more on mainland. So that makes sense. You know, I was like, okay, that's, that's not out. That's not ridiculous. That's fair. Um, so, oh, well, you know, most people are trying to leave the island and not get on the island. So I don't really, I'm not super comfortable with this. And they're like, well, too bad. Cause we're ladies and we need to be on that island. Okay. And then meanwhile, some, creepy pale Adams family wannabe dude mm. pulls up behind them and uh, as they're bickering about, oh, are we going to get on the ferry? Are we not going to get on the ferry? They turn around and look and, oh my god, Emma's gone from the car and they didn't notice her opening a car door or anything like that. And so, and I say that because the movie presents it as, oh my god, something mystical has happened. Some, you know, she's been stolen from the car. But no, we find out, no, she literally just gets the fuck out of the car. It goes and she, wanders off somewhere. She's the greatest disappearing artist of all time. Yeah, uh, Houdini this movie. ain't got shit on her. Really? Truly? Um, so, at this point, uh, they're on one of many hunts for Emma in this movie. Yeah. Um, so they're wandering through the forest. Uh, one of many wandering through the forest scenes. <laughs> um, and I believe we have a, a clip of this, because yes. uh, w- what the movie sets up is uh, that no... Jump will be unscared. Any uh, any opportunity to uh, have the the music crescendo and have something pop out of somewhere, it will happen. Um, and it actually chooses to really hit you with the double tap in a lot of these. And this is a, an example of it where one jump scare is not enough. We yes. got to hit them with two, um, which I think they they took that from haunted houses, but it doesn't really work as well in a film. No. You've already hit it. Uh, the 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 climax is already there. There's there's nothing that's added by having a double jump scare back to back. So uh, so, so uh, yeah. in this in this clip, Sarah, the responsible one, is searching mm-hmm. for Emma uh, in the woods, and uh, and then we get the double scare. So here we go. Emma. Uh, I don't know about that. Last time a storm hit that island on Halloween, uh, half the people there ended up dead. I just 
steer clear, that's all I'm saying. If you're so worried, then why are you going? I have my reasons. I have my reasons. Which, again, goes back to my previous point of nobody speaks like a human being in this movie. Like, everybody speaks like if an alien wrote the screenplay. Like, that's how people talk, right? Like, that's not... I'm actually trying to take some of these lines and start to use it in my daily, you know, (laughs) my daily nomenclature. Um, You know, I'd like to start... Does anybody ask me a question? I'd like to say, I have my reasons. Yeah, and it's... Like, what are you having for lunch? I have my reasons. Right. Um, and that, that actually brings up another point, uh, this actually clip here, is that by this part of the movie, we've met three, count them, three of the Harbinger archetype in a horror film. You only need one. We've right. met three at this point. The old grocery clerk at the beginning warns. Um, the Philip Seymour Hoffman ferry driver mm-hmm. warns. warns as well. And now uh, Dane DeHaan's character from Chronicle is here, <laughs> and he also warns yeah. of what's going on. So we've met three at this point, and I, I don't think it's limited to three. I'm pretty sure there are actually more than three Harbingers in this movie. Yeah, which which and and it's I found that interesting because this movie does sort of play by a lot of like slasher movie rules, but it doesn't really mm. need to, and it really shouldn't for like it what it's to. trying to convey. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting, but I agree. Yeah, there's the uh, the old man, the you're all gonna die here from uh, Friday mm-hmm. the Thirteenth. Yes. Like, yeah, one pretty much gets that job done in most cases. Yeah, you really you don't need more than one at that point. We, we get it, something spooky is going to happen. Yeah. So they uh, indeed get onto the island. They are led there, um, uh, driving through, attempting to uh, get a hold of their aunt, who is mysteriously unreachable. And, the, uh, and Emma claims that in her dream sequence that we saw and didn't make any sense, that she somehow knows that the aunt is in trouble. And so... Um, my favorite part, actually, in, in regards to showcasing uh, the characterization of the three girls mm-hmm. is uh, they're driving, and they roll into town, and the town is mostly empty. And there's, like, a couple of people, like, kind of peeking out of windows, but that's about it. And so uh, Sarah's driving, and she's looking at the map, and Marilyn goes, well, I hope you know where you're going. And she goes, oh, don't start with me. And then they're just sitting there, and so she's trying to figure out where to go, and Marilyn's uh, advice is, well, just pick a direction and start driving. Okay. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it be, <laughs> you better do your research and know where we're going, but also, you better stomp on the gas and get going. Because it's like, those two are opposite ideas. They are. And I think that one of the reasons why the slasher formula exists is that there's always supposed to be an element of fun with your protagonist in the beginning, Mm -hmm. because otherwise they're going to come across as completely unlikable uh, douche nazis. Yeah, I was going to say, can we say the C word on this? Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll avoid that for now. Um, so uh, there, there's no element of fun here. They're really uh, just arguing a lot, and uh, it's a lot of bickering, a lot of complaining. And really the only one that you kind of like is Emma, who may or may not have The Shining. Right. And, you know, you're trying to uh, – the problem is, is it doesn't dive enough into their backstory to really care about them and what they've been through. But you also don't see any amount of fun or happiness or – love between them to really care about their survival at all. Very true. Very, very true. So then they keep driving, they run out of gas, of course. Mm. Uh, And so the three three of them uh, start, they think they're within walking distance to the aunt's house, and and magically they are, by the way, for being lost and then just driving in a random direction. They totally Mm -hmm. end up where they need to end up, so good for them. Um, So the three of them 
there's something spooky from the Foley artist happening uh, in the movie. So they decide we're just going to run it to, to Auntie's house. And yeah, so, a big piece of plastic that they're waving next to the microphone. Right, is scaring the bejesus out of them. So they're going to head to Auntie's house. So, and again, this made, I did genuinely laugh at this. The three girls make it, oh, I don't know, five steps in that direction. Emma immediately, like, snaps her leg in two and falls down. And I was like, okay, first of all, the serial killer isn't even, like, Jason Voorhees isn't even chasing you yet. So you shouldn't be white girl falling down this early in the film. Number two, not only does she do, do that and it doesn't look horrendous, like she literally just falls on her face for a minute, mm-hmm. the movie goes, nope, she is incapacitated for the rest of the film. Like, she cannot move at a full pace, she can't do anything, she's hobbling, they have to carry her for the rest of the movie. She's done, yeah. Which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Like, No, honestly, I mean, it happens so quickly that it, I didn't even see that part. And that uh, during the point at which they say, we can't go anywhere with Emma's leg like that, I, I, I remember thinking to myself, what happened to Emma's leg? I don't even remember that happening. That's how quickly and how uh, re- really subtle it was that uh, she broke her leg. There was no car left in neutral runs over right. her leg or something. You know, I mean, it really was... A, a pointless falling down. They needed her incapacitated for some reason. Right. And so, yeah, she falls down for a second. And yes. then, uh, so they make it to the aunt's house. And auntie's car is smashed and and and, and, uh, and crashed and bloody in the front yard. So they're all concerned. And uh, so Marilyn and Emma make it in the house. And the phone's dead, of course. And Of course. Sarah goes to check the car. Uh-oh, Auntie's dead in the front seat, and she looks all charred and burned, and her eyes are m- missing, and ooh, it's scary. Um, and the ghost embers come out for a second. They do. And then another random woman, who looks an alarming amount like their aunt, jumps in out of nowhere, and she's all beat up to hell. Yeah, I honestly had to wait uh, for them to confirm that that was not the aunt. I thought so, too. It- I was like, oh, is there, like, a husk in the front seat? That of like yes. that—that's what I genuinely thought. And then they're yeah. like, "Oh no, this is just a random woman who was also attacked by something." Yeah, you would think that uh, when you have a character that you only show in a movie for a minute and a half or two minutes, that you wouldn't choose a woman that's roughly the same body type and hair color to to play also a, an attack victim. Uh, right at that same time, you would think you would just straight away, let's just get a brunette or something. Right, you know, exactly. Or, yeah, or, it just it was very, know, very odd. Someone so, of a different ethnicity. Yeah. Like, so, uh, so she's this random woman is hurt, so they're going to try to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And so the three of them and the random woman are in the house, and so they decide that they're going to uh, siphon gas out of Auntie's car to fill up their car and then drive to a hospital to take this random woman to a hospital. They go out there, uh-oh, their car is gone. Which, by the way, the movie does not explain what happens to that. It is not. Just, yeah, just side it, note. I was waiting know, even, for that, and it didn't happen. Yeah, even meeting the monster, you don't find out, like, oh, by the way, the monster's also been... You don't find a pile of cars at the end right, of Right, yeah. Which would have been great. I would have loved that. It would have been very, um, each other. very uh, from dusk till dawn. Yeah. At the very end, when they back out, and there's like the big um, pile of four, of uh, trucks and stuff like that at the bottom of the uh, Aztec. Spoiler alert: There's a weird Aztec temple at the end of uh, <laughs> From Dust Till Dawn. Um, <laughs> anyways, so oh, they can't siphon gas because there's nothing to put the gas into now. Okay, 
So they're going to move their aunt's dead body, which, holy crap, were they hitting it hard with the uh, buzzing fly sound effect. Boy, they, they sure were. It was a very high-paid Foley artist for this movie. Yeah, no kidding. He, got, he, got, he, he earned his living there. He so did. they move the body out, and I guess they just, like, throw it on the ground. They, um, and they, they decide there. that they're all going to drive in aunt's bloodmobile car, which is just a, a driving calamity. Like, it's just... And they don't even try to clean it at all. They're just like, well, whatever. We'll deal with the stink, I guess. Mm. So uh, <laughs> this this rotting, burned corpse has been, you know, sticking to the leather of the driver's right, seat. But yeah, we'll be fine. Spritz it, spritz it with some Febreze, and we'll be okay. And <laughs> Hang a little tree over the rear view. <laughs> so they're all about to get in the car, and uh, then random woman gets thrown out of the house. By some kind of mystical force, and it's Full force and like it's paranormal activity thrown out of the house. Yeah, and mm. she's lying dead on the ground, and then she grabs Emma's leg, mm. and then there's like vines coming out of the dead woman's body, mm. attaching themselves to Emma, and so then uh, Marilyn runs over, chops the arm off uh, and without hesitation. Yeah, no chops kidding. an arm off. And then, uh, then they all they all get in the car and start driving back towards town. Mm-hmm. And bickering is not ceased through any of this. While oh, of moving their aunt's dead body, while chopping an arm off, while you know escaping from the monster from the ruins, right? Uh, there is there is no cease to the bickering. It is still yeah. a lot of arguments happening. And so they finally make it to town, and the whole town is just um, it's a ghost town now, and there's dead bodies and. The poor little pumpkins are all smashed up, which I was like, oh, not the pumpkins. Um, not the pumpkins. And so, oh, what are they going to do? And so they're kind of parked there for a minute, and they're like, well, I don't know. You know, where should we try? Should, should we try the hospital still? You know, how are we going to get off the island? And then they look in the back seat. Oh, Emma's gone again. With it would have been great if they, if at some point with Emma disappearing from the backseat, that they turn and she's in a full David Blaine outfit with a right. wig. Might as well. Waves her hands across her face. That would be fantastic. Yeah, because now this is two cars now that she's been able to slip out of. Completely undetected. undetected. And in fact, in this this time, she even managed to write a note on the window of the car. Yeah. Like, before disappearing. Because, and, and you might be thinking, well, well, then why did she leave a note? Well, the note says, stay away from me, because Emma believes that death follows her around. Mm-hmm. And that anyone near her will die. Well, guess what? I would much rather be wa- watching any of the Final Destination uh, sequels, no matter how terrible they are. I would much yeah. rather be watching that than this movie. Especially the 3D one. Yeah. Um, so at this point, we're now on the second hunt for Emma, um, and this brings me to uh, something about this movie that I encourage everyone out there, anybody who, who might have stumbled upon this podcast listening right now, please try this, that if you could find The Hollow on Netflix and uh, get a giant bottle of vodka, and the drinking game that you're going to play is that you're going to take a shot every time one of these sisters says another one of the sisters' name. And you're going to die of alcohol poisoning by the end of the movie. So by, I would say by halfway through the movie. Actually, yeah. uh, interestingly enough, I have, um, I, I took a, not to do like, ooh, me, I, I took a screenwriting class in college. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they had talked about was you shouldn't have to have everyone uh, refer to each other by their name. That eventually... They should either be comfortable enough with one another or we, the audience, should be comfortable enough with them that they should be able to be known as something other than 
you know, like, oh, hey, it's Rocky Balboa. Like, not everyone has to call him Rocky Balboa. Um, yes. And in this yeah. movie, everyone calls each other by their by their actual name. No nicknames, nothing, which especially in the case of, you know, searching for Emma, you would think that, you know, there that would be a perfect time to, you know, try to comfort some, somebody. Some M's or some Emmy boo-boos. Or right, or something, something, you know. Come on, sweetheart, where are you? It's okay. Something yes. like that. But no, it's just nope. straightforward, unblinking, you know, Emma, Emma, where are you, Emma? Emma? Like, Emma. In fact, I have Emma. I have some of my uh, some of my favorite quotes from the girls here. If you don't, uh, if I can play this just real quick here. Oh, great, please. Emma, Emma, Emma. Yeah, that's it. That's all they ever say in this whole damn that's, movie. Yeah, is just just Emma, and yeah. sometimes each other's names right. occasionally, but mostly Emma. Um, there's a great scene here where uh, one of them, I believe it is, is it Sarah or Marley who... Uh, oh, is it Marley? I've been saying Marilyn this whole time. That's how unbelievably memorable these characters are. They really, yeah. Um, it, it's Marley. It's Marley and me. Um, <laughs> and one of them, and you know, shows you how distinguished they are as characters. One of them is wandering through an alleyway searching for Emma. Emma, 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 Emma. Um, and a dead body, uh, eyes removed, covered in vines, drops down from a truck. They scream, look at it, and then immediately go back to Emma, Emma, Emma. It, it's, it, it's, it, it was the reaction that you might have had to a black cat jumping out of right. the car. Um, which is, a, a, I'm startled, and then move right back into Emma. There was no, this is still a dead body, and despite the fact that this is something creepy is going on, as a dead body, it was just in my face a second ago. Right. Um, so, uh, this, we really should find out which one it was because they then meet, um, uh, Chronicle Man. Yeah, and, um, and a group of survivors in a diner. Yes. Uh, one of them is, is, uh, kidnapped and so you're left with potentially, oh, is he one of the causes of this? Um, but, but turns out, uh, he's a survivor. He's kidnapped one of them and sort of, uh, gagged them because they're screaming as they do. You know, if you don't gag these characters, they will just shout Emma until they're blue in the face. Yeah. Which I actually, that was one of the most logical moments of the film is yeah. Uh, uh, Sarah gets there first. And they tie her up and gag her, and then it is Sarah. Okay, and yeah. Then Marley comes in. Oh my God, what do they do to you? And they go, Well, she wouldn't stop screaming, and it's going to attract the monster. Mm-hmm. So they should have kept them all gagged for the pretty whole movie. much. So I was suddenly like, Wow, that makes so much sense because yeah, these two squawk boxes will not just shut up and 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 listen for a minute. They always. Uh, but what about Emma? Emma's here though. We got to find Emma. And it's like, Okay, I get that. I get that. And there'll be time for that. But let's not just run with our asses hanging out. Let's actually plan for this for a minute. Yeah. So, so uh, there's a group of survivors. I think it's like four or five people, mm-hmm. and they they mentioned that they survived. Well, okay. Well, we we've we've not talked about the monster itself yet because at this point in the movie, we've kind of been introduced to the monster. We have. And so the monster is this literal embodiment of the woods. It's made up of twigs and fire. And uh, it's actually a really cool effect. I was actually kind of impressed with it. I was impressed with it as well, especially when you see it kind of being born at the beginning and you see, like, its arms come and reach up and grab these big tree trunks and it's got vines wrapping around the tree trunks as its arms grab onto it. And it's kind of cool looking, especially considering the fact that this is a sci-fi movie. Um, It is really, it looks very good. And it reminded me a lot of the Marvel character Carnage, which I was kind of into. Yeah. Um, so that 
the monster is just this embodiment of the woods, and it's coming and it's just killing all the people in this town. And so, um, as the, the, the diners have explained that, while it was making its, I guess, first run-through of the town, this group all hid in the meat freezer, and I, it missed them, I guess, and just kept killing. So, yeah. they've survived, and so, now they're, they're attempting to kind of lay low for the time being. And yes. this is where, uh, uh, Sarah meets back up with the creepy guy that we played the clip of earlier, and uh, and if it's all right with UTN, this is where he kind of lays out the lore. All yeah, of please. Sudden. I feel that that's now becoming a staple of our episodes is to play the clip where they explain that's what true. The curse of the movie is which which hopefully there will be. I, I'm hoping there will be a time where we'll watch a movie where somebody doesn't lay out the whole damn thing in plain English, right? I would I would hope that we would get to a movie that maybe is a little more creative and a little more subtle than that, but nevertheless. <sighs> That's if a, one can dream, Seth. yeah, exactly. That's dream. that's that's a dream for a later date. So uh, so here's the the clip of uh, the full blown unblinking explanation of how we get to this point. A couple weeks ago, I, I was in a bar. I met this old guy. He's drunk. Started in with a story about an island that used to live on. So on Halloween, nineteen fifteen, a storm hit. Killed half the people here. Get to the part where you tell us what's killing everyone out there. Officially, nothing say it was the storm. The old man says the storm brought something with it. Something evil. Yeah. Tell her why. On the eve of Halloween before the storm hit, the townspeople, they, they burned six girls on the stake for, for practicing witchcraft. Now, as the story goes, before the girls burned to death, they summoned a storm. Lightning struck each one of them, pulling their spirits up in the storm so they could return to something far, far more evil. They unleashed their revenge on the island until the sun came up, ending all hollows here. And that's not even the best part. The witches, they are. They're about to return on the anniversary of their murder. Once every hundred years. Wipe out everyone who dares stay on the island. People around here have been telling that story for years, but nobody ever believed them. Yeah. Well, I'm sure hell a believer. Oh, Toby's oh, a believer. There's a few things that that. Uh, first of all, this the, this movie is the plot of Paranorman. That's the first thing. <laughs> earlier how it sort of made sense and this is the uh, this is the explanation that would cause it to make sense why they're not decorating for halloween true but it's once every hundred years i mean you would imagine that if a bunch of witches said hey 10 years from now we're gonna come back and kill you uh, the next year nobody would care they, right. they'd say okay let's just decorate well that's 10 years i'm, I'm gonna I'm going to be a whole decade older at that point. So a hundred years from now, anybody who heard that is like, I'm going to be dead then. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing too is, is the movie, it says that, oh, well, nobody really believed the story. Well, then why did 75% of your town leave on Halloween weekend? Now you can yeah. chalk that up to, well, if it's a storm, we don't want to be on an island. Yes. But we've also established of mysterious circumstances. Everyone wants to leave. So... You either believe it or you don't. That's the bottom line. 
Yeah, and the storm is is not bad enough to to force everyone just out of their homes, and it's it they they do heavily imply that it is a superstition, and that is why nobody's decorating for Halloween. There's a couple jack o' lanterns from apparently the guy who's the most superstitious man in town, right? The few that actually put out a couple jack o' lanterns. It was like "Mm, this is going to be very ironic that I'm putting out these jack o' lanterns. This is one. Um, um, so yeah, and then uh, the the other thing is that uh, you get introduced to you heard a little bit of it. Say, hey, well, that's not even the best part. Is uh, Toby the uh, poor man's Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, yes, he's uh, really great. And and I've decided because of Toby, Toby has inspired me much like Michael from The Office. My hatred of Toby has inspired us uh, to to really come up with what could be our award for the worst actor. In each episode, ah, yes, yes, and I, um, I can give them a Toby Award. Yeah, so we'll give them the Toby Award, and obviously the Toby Award for this movie is going to go to Dylan Playfor for his portrayal of Toby. Now uh, we we have a short clip of uh, Toby's acting there that will uh, kind of really dig in just his delivery and uh, how wonderfully terrible it is. <laughs> so what you need to do is shut the hell up. Okay, that thing out there was almost gone until you and your friend showed up. You almost got us all killed. Let her go, Toby. I think she gets the message. Yeah? She better have. Hmm. Please, our sister is still out there. I'm sorry. But if your sister's out there right now, she's already dead. And and that's the thing, is the beginning part of that scene, when he's got that genuine anger, it's like, okay, it's not too bad. But it's the ending, I think, of every scene is, is the biggest problem with him. Is he doesn't yes, know how to end a sentence. He doesn't. The, the, the last line of every every paragraph he has is just utter garbage. So, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I think she gets the she message. Yeah, exactly. Well, she better. Oh, she but better we have to go have. save our sister. Well, if she's out there, she's probably dead. Like, it's <laughs> just, it's all. And, I, and one note I wanted to make about this origin story that they give mm-hmm. is when... So, there's no showcasing of witchcraft at all in this movie. You literally just see this wood monster come out, and it's just slaughtering people, and that's it. And it's ghost embers, and that's it. There's no, like, black magic. There's no witches. There's no, we're not taking place in Salem. It's it's none of that. So, this is the first and only time witches are brought up. And so, in hearing that, the first thing I thought of was... And I guess this goes back to the redirecting of The Chosen, is when I heard, oh, well, it was witches, and then they brought in this devil storm, and now that's why the woods kill people every hundred years, is, oh, if we were just going to do a uh, a serious horror version of Hocus Pocus, I would watch that. That would actually be interesting to me, um, because, you know, if you could somehow make flying around in a vacuum cleaner still scary, then I'd be on board with that. I'd be impressed. So that origin story, not only is it kind of ridiculous and kind of comes out of nowhere, it also made me pine for a more serious take on the, on the Disney classic Hocus Pocus. It did, yes. And it says, and, and that's why we get, we get the Paranorman reference there, is that uh, it says practicing witchcraft, and, and just like in Paranorman, this was a wrongfully accused girl, and you know the times being as they are, that could totally be the case, that these could actually not be witches, three innocent girls, rather, that just sort of summon this mystical power, some sort of, you know, uh, curse looks upon them as they're being wrongfully burned, and then vows to avenge them, or whatever it may be. But that, once again, that that's somewhat of an interesting concept, therefore never really talked about. Yeah. After that, promptly ignored. Um, yes. So, actually, so what happens next is, uh, Sarah and Marley 
um, essentially talk half of the survivor group into risking their necks. Into, well, even though everyone's safe here, let's go ahead and just leave and try to find our sister, who's the most important thing on the planet, and, uh, and not just hang tight and wait for this to blow over. Mm-hmm. And so there's some bickering again. And so, um, well, before we get to the, the big payoff of this, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like Tommy, that you, you had a, uh, a particular grievance or bone to pick with, uh, Chronicle Guy and his ultimate reason for being on the island and his, he having his reasons we actually get an explanation of what those reasons are. We sure do, because you would accept with a, a line like, I have my reasons, that there's going to be some sort of corny, but I guess expected, why you wouldn't just tell a stranger why you're here on an island. Reason like maybe his girlfriend died here many years ago and he's coming to pay his respects, or, you know, there's there's some sort of something personal. Um, but as delivered, as set up by our lovely Toby, um, who says something along the lines of, hey, Mr. Internet Sensation over here, he's got all the answers. It is revealed that um, Seth, this is his name actually, yes. Seth uh, is an Internet web host who does a series, what a dork, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> A series, um, probably on the Discovery <laughs> Channel, where he stays in haunted places um, that he claims no, never really end up being haunted, but he had heard about this, and um, yeah, so so that's sort of that, that clip we played of the explanation of his curse. This is after he introduces the fact that he, while doing his job of hosting the web series, had been, you know, uh, exploring various uh, diners and dives with Guy Fieri, um, and uh, it, he, that's that old man who told him about the island, and he's, he's oh, great for my next episode. And, he's, uh, he's living the dream of, uh, of all Ghost Hunter shows, but with none of the dignity. Yes, none of the dignity, um, and you don't even ever see him with a camera in the movie. Uh, he's with, got his cell phone that he records a woman. He's got his cell phone, yeah, which is great quality, you know, I'm sure his right. fans love that. Right, yeah, this butt cam uh, footage of a woman <laughs> just yelling outside. <laughs> Filmed on a potato. Yeah, um, and they, they, one thing that I thought was interesting that they never go back to is there's a moment where, okay, so before we've decided as a group whether we're leaving or staying, they hear a woman screaming and they look out the window and there's a woman standing by her car, and she's screaming, and she looks distressed and bloody. No, somebody help me. I don't want to die. And they're like, oh, we got to go help her. And then somebody goes, wait, look, the woods are using her as bait. Which we don't really see, by the way. Like, we don't see the woods, like, using her as a puppet. They just kind of say, like, yeah, oh, it's using her as bait. Yeah, you see a little bit of embers there going on, but it really is is quite the rash conclusion to come to is, nope, nope, she's paid, let's not go out there. And so, finally, the, the woods just go, God, hell with it, and they just eat her or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, I thought that was the, an interesting... The woods' next attempt is that you see the woods, like, carefully uh, laying a trail of Reese's Pieces in the street <laughs> to lure the diners out <laughs> into there, and he's got a box with a string he's ready to pull. Um, and what I thought was interesting was, oh my god, it's like, it's evolving, it's learning, and it's trying to trick them. No, we never come back to this idea at all. Like, that's, that's just forgotten. That it can use bait. No, forget it. It's no big deal. Yeah, 
that um, is conscious or intelligent or knows what it's doing. No. Um, but we do find out that by the um, magic of plot convenience that sometimes the woods aren't killing people. It's just dragging people somewhere. And so... That is a concept that I really... Because, you know, I, I didn't end the movie going, well, was the woods smart or not? You know, but I did end the movie thinking, what was the actual... How did the how did this monster work? Because they seem to say, as you just said, they're, they're dragging people out into the middle of the woods, and it's revealed that oh, well, the, the monster needs them for some reason. And you're thinking, why? Why would it? You know, if this is something that's summoned purely by witchcraft, mm-hmm. why would it need anything to power it other right. than its own, you know, curse energy? Right. Um, and that's never really explained why that is, or. or you know, what, it's, what, what, it's essentially used by the movie to explain why Emma just isn't murdered after all the time she goes wandering off. Essentially, yes. To, to give hope that the sister is still alive and that you can still shout Emma for the next 30 minutes of the movie and that that's still justified. Right. So, then we come to the part that actually irked me most in this film, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Really? Um, so, the, the group decides to split up gang. And so, the two Squawk Box sisters and... Uh, random guy with dreamy eyes and waitress lady all decide that they're going to go venture out and risk their lives for really no reason. You know, uh, as as the Magnificent Toby points out, she's probably dead. Like, anybody that you're looking for, if they were just wandering out in the open, is probably already dead. Because there, there are dozens of dead bodies in the yeah. streets. I mean, you know, this is like a, you know, what, 14, 15-year-old girl. Like, why... Why would she be alive? Yeah, there's you just know? nothing. Nothing would point to that as, as an option. Um, but they decide they're going to leave anyway, which leaves Internet Douchey Guy and Toby left, and they go, "Well, we're going to go back in the freezer and, because it worked the first time." Mm-hmm. And so they call them cowards, and oh, why? You know, you need to stand up for this and go save these strangers that you don't know. You know, and um, bottom line is they don't really give a good reason why they should go venture out, other than. Uh, it's the yeah. right thing to do. Like, the waitress goes, well, I don't want anyone else to die because I didn't do anything. Uh, what exactly are you going to do by going out there other than get yourself killed? There's really no options. We haven't fil- figured out anything that's going to kill it. There's no way around this. It's a it's a monster. It's a shark flopping around outside that's just eating people. What are you going to do? But, yeah. okay, so the team leaves. Internet guy and Toby go lock themselves in the freezer. And because the movie couldn't come up with a reason why that was a bad idea. Because other than, well, you guys are jerks, there wasn't really a good reason as to why should they have leave the, the diner. Why should they have left? And so, Toby and uh, Internet Guy are in there for about ten seconds. And suddenly the woods crawls up through a vent and kills them both immediately. Yeah, they, they very much try and set it up as this, you know, kind of... Uh uh, alien-esque, you know, it can disappear into the vents thing. You see that earlier, there's somebody, the, I believe it is the, the kindly grocery store clerk who's, uh, you know, picking out, trying to get his new, uh, you know, issue of Mad Magazine in the bookstore, right. and gets killed right in front of Emma, um, and then it crawls back in the vents and says, bye. Um, and, and so you do get that sort of ominous, like, oh, we're trying to set it up like it's alien, you don't know where it could come from sort of situation. But then sometimes it can't. Like, that's what drove me nuts. There were times where, like, it went through, like, a keyhole, and then there were other times where it was, like, a regular event, and because of plot convenience, it was just like, well, I'm stumped, I can't make it through this, I don't know what I'm doing, I can't, uh, I can't get in here. 
And, and so, uh, but that particular scene drove me nuts because these two characters made a logical decision that totally made sense and it worked already. And because the movie couldn't come up with a good reason as to why they were the bad guys in this scene, magically they just get killed. And that drove yeah. me nuts because it was like, you couldn't come up with a good reason, so you just killed them because now suddenly the woods can fit through, you know, a, a hole in the cement and be like, ta-da, I'm here. Whereas this, before it was this like... This freezer was supposedly their safe haven and that there had been like five or six people that had been in this freezer prior, presumably all making noise and right. stepping around and crying and pooping. And, right. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and that the at that point the woods couldn't hear them, like, and... Run about its business, but this time because they wanted these two characters to be, you know, seen as cowards and seen what happens when you're a coward in a horror movie, they, right. they kill them. And, and this also is another thing I want to bring up is um, there must be something about TV violence or this particular type of sci-fi violence where it's totally cool to show an injury that's already happened. Like, they'll show you a broken leg with a bone sticking out of it or whatever. Or, but they or disemboweled bodies. Yeah, they'll never show it happening. So they'll show a woman who's completely covered in blood, you know, glass stuck in her face or whatever. But they won't show the glass, like, you know, impaling her. Uh, they won't show the monster killing him. They just drag them off screen uh, half of the time. Yeah, that was very odd. I noticed that, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Um, so they... I don't know if, by the way, I don't know if you noticed this. This is from way earlier. But um, uh, when they're first showing the storm and everything, the lightning's uh, hitting the ground, they keep showing the same scene, the same, like, two-second clip of lightning flashing in the sky. Yeah. It's almost like a loading screen between the <laughs> scenes. You keep seeing that over and over. It'll say, oh, you know, where's Emma? And then lightning flash loading. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that was very odd. It's like, yeah. well, it worked one time, so we use it eight times. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, the squawk boxes go with... Uh, the other two forgettable characters who quickly get killed off, and then uh, we finally track down, oh, the woods are carrying a few number of people to this one particular area where the girls, uh, the witches originally got burned, and are doing something unexplained with them. We don't really get a real reason as to what the hell they're doing. Yeah, Mr. Dreamy Leader had actually been, they were in a police station, they're looking at a map of the city, and he's pointing towards the direct center of the island, which is where supposedly all of the corpses, um, or rather, the, the victims that maybe are being kept alive are being taken by the woods, to right smack dab in the center, and while he's pointing at this, uh, it seems to glow red, and then a fire starts burning through, he's like, what the hell? Uh, the woods smashes his arm through the wall and grabs the guy by the head, and which I guess... Did that remind you of RoboCop when there's the guy? <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I want a really fast car with shitty gas mileage. Yeah, and he reaches through and grabs him. Like, that's what I thought. I was yes. like, oh, he's pulling a RoboCop here. Um, <laughs> Either that or um, Terminator driving the car through the Oh, true. Yes. True. Um, so anyway, uh, so everyone gets killed off except for the two girls. And yeah, but they, I was going to say that in the police yeah. station, there's this really, really funny scene where um, the after killing the guy through the wall, um, it was takes his little hands, peeks around the corner, and uh, I believe it's uh, Sarah and the other girl that they're with start unloading pistol and shotgun rounds into the, into the woods' face. And his reaction, the, the monster's reaction to being loaded full of bullets, is very, very funny. He's just got, ow, 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 you know, and then just kind of slinks away after he takes maybe five or six shotgun blasts. Yeah. Which, it wasn't like a, oh, you know, like, you know, you knocked him out for a second, or, you know, he's he, he just kind of slinks back, like, well, that sucks. Right, yeah, which, 
sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't. Like, they, there mm-hmm. were a couple of other scenes where they shot at the monster and it kind of, like, deterred it for a moment. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's apparently not enough. I don't know. Yes. So, we eventually make it. It's it's um, Sarah and Marley and, and they go to this, I don't know, ancient witchcraft burial ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some piles of, of foliage and they find um, there's another survivor girl who's this poor frumpy blonde woman covered yep. in blood and uh and then they find they find Emma is unconscious underneath um some 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 sticks and leaves and stuff like that and of course she's not dead because the the woods knew that somehow she's important and that she shouldn't be killed off exactly. um, and so uh they 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 go to try to save Emma and uh, the blonde random survivor woman um doles out some advice which I absolutely loved and uh, we've got our final clip here. Which I know that's a little hard to understand because there's a lot of groaning and moaning going on. But uh, this blonde, while the two girls are freaking out and trying to rip their sister out of the woods, this blonde woman's just sitting there just going, shh. Please be quiet. Shut up. Please be quiet. He's he's nearby. Please. I've already met him. He's buried me under the earth. I beg of you to shut up. Please shut up. Uh, Which, speaking of growing money, if you could play just another, just like two seconds of that, that'd be great. Uh, Let me see here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, she's telling them to shut the hell up. (laughs) Oh, man. That's good stuff. (laughs) Oh, my. Can you rewind it 10 seconds to just play that again? <laughs> That's basically how it usually works for me, too. A lot of droning and somebody just going, shh, shh, shut the fuck up. Uh, I'm gonna have to, can you send me that clip, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, suddenly playing clips on the show is not quite panning out like I thought it would. Um, <laughs> so, um, so then basically we end the movie with uh, the three girls are hiding in some kind of underground bunker. And, oh, it, it reminds Emma of her dream sequence that we flashed to before. And uh, Sarah ends up sacrificing herself to try to save the two of them and the woods kill her. And, uh... Pointless sacrifice, by the way. They're, they're, they're sort of huddled together, and the woods is in the room, sort of lines around, where are you at? Um, and Sarah says, I love you guys. Stands up, goes and gets its attention, but useless because Emma starts immediately screaming at the top of her Yeah! Room. Yeah, that really woods, irked me. And the woods knew. The woods is, like, turning back and forth, looking at the two of them, looking at the... Sarah, who's serving as a distraction currently, and then back over at Emma, who's screaming at the top of her lungs, defeating the purpose of a distraction. Uh, Sarah runs over, barricades herself with the woods, locks herself in this heavy metal door, and you think, wow, well, noble sacrifice. Hopefully, um, Marley will just get Emma out of there, and we can just end it on the sacrifice of the sister and be done. But nope, Emma bolts to the door, unlatches it and opens it up, revealing the monster who's sitting there like, oh, hey, I thought I was stuck in here, but thank you. 
Um, <laughs> and and the, and the chase continues at that point. The monster's still after him at that point. And so uh, finally, they're climbing back out of the bunker, and uh, Marley's got a metal rod randomly and stabs the monster, and then lightning hits the rod and blows up the monster, and we're just reliving the beginning of Friday the 13th, Part 5. Yes. And then that blows Marley back, and she's unconscious, and then um, the monster is seemingly done, and then Emma comes and finds her, and oh my goodness, take me to a hospital, I might be dead. Um, and oh no, but it's, sun- it's sunrise on on November 1st, so the monster should be done. But then the monster's not done. The monster comes crawling towards uh, Marley, and then Emma just yells at the monster for a second and reminds the monster that the sun is up, and the monster goes, oh, pardon me, I, I, I apologize, and just bursts into flames and is dead. Yeah, Emma steps aside. They're in the middle of the open forest, and Emma steps aside and apparently lets through the one beam of light that was shining through this woods um, and, and hits the monster right in the face. And, uh, yep, explodes. Now, can I tell you something that I was actually very happy that the film did not do? Can I share sure. that? Okay. So, as as uh, as Tom uh, re- referenced, so they rip open the door when Sarah has sacrificed herself, and the monster's in the middle of, like, sucking out her soul or something like that, mm-hmm. and stops what it's doing, and then goes and chases the two girls again, not completing the soul-sucking. And I was absolutely... This is the only time I was on the edge of my seat. I, I was saying, I swear to God, if this movie says, oh no, Sarah's okay because it didn't finish the job and all three sisters come out of this thing alive, I was going to lose my shit because that is so hackneyed and just so like, these three characters are awful. And I didn't, when, when I was considering talking about this movie, I didn't want it to come across like I was some kind of bigot or I didn't want women leading my horror films because nothing could be farther from the truth. I love slasher films and survivor girls are some of the most well-rounded best characters in not only horror film, but just film in general. Everyone talks about, we we, we don't want our audience to know that you're actually a sexist. That'll come later. That'll come when I play the clip again of them moaning, then they'll figure it out. (laughs) But, uh, but no, but my point is, you know, everyone looks at, at Alien and how strong Sigourney Weaver is in that movie. It's like, because that's how horror movies work, is you've got a survivor woman who's going to best the odds and she's going to come out on top and she's a well-rounded character and that's awesome. In a case like this, you had female uh, main characters, but they were all just twats. They didn't do anything, they just bickered and they ran away and got people killed and that was it. And so... I was on the edge of my seat going, I swear to God, if all three of them come out of this thing unscathed, I'm going to lose my mind. And thank goodness that wasn't the case. Although the movie just sort of abruptly ends. It's just kind of like, well, the two sisters are done, and it's like, let's go back home. What, you mean like to the the home that you don't have money to afford anymore? Like, or you're just going to take your aunt's house, which is all torn up now because of the woods? Like, what what home are you talking about? That, that you know, Like, it would have been the same if she had been like, if Emma looked at Marley and just been like, next time, you buy lunch. Like, just, there was nothing to that ending line. It just there didn't so even relate. There so many one-liners. Like, there's there so many ending, I'm defeating the monster one-liners, so many you're terminated lines yeah, at which, the end of this. Yeah, which is it just me? Or, like, I did, it didn't occur to me that this was, like, a made-for-sci-fi movie. 
Um, yeah, and that's so great is that, you know, because uh, I, I don't think I knew that either until the end, but it's honestly, it's like meeting somebody and you can tell they're a little off and you find out they were dropped on their head as a baby. That's like fine when you're watching a movie and then you find out, oh, it was a made for cyber movie. Oh, I get it. <laughs> but the thing that tipped me off about it was the ending, because as they're going through this random underground bunker, the girls keep yelling at the monster like when Sarah goes to distract the monster. Mm-hmm. Come get me, you son of a bitch! Okay, fine. That was a good impression. Thank you. Uh, I worked on it. Um, and she says that like three or four times. And yep. then when Marley, Sarah's dead, and then Marley's trying to distract the monster. Come and get me, you son of a bitch! They just keep saying son of a bitch. And then I think they at do. the end, Emma says something like, you bastard. Yeah, or asshole or something. Yeah, you and I was like, and I was like, no one dropped a, a, a motherfucker on this? Like, nobody mm-hmm. at all? I would have, I mean, if there's one thing, if I was in that situation, I mean, there'd be a lot of motherfuckers dropped, but um, I, that's the one thing you would want to do. If you knew you were going out and this twig monster was going to take care of you, you'd at least call the guy a motherfucker before he kills you. Right, exactly. You either, your two options are you either call it a motherfucker or you go uh, Day of the Dead and you tell him to choke on you. Those are your two options. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I thought it was odd, especially in the post- uh, Blair Blair Witch Project era that we're in, where you know you can have dialogue of young people comprised of mostly swear words because that's kind of how young people talk. Yes, and no f bombs were dropped in this whole movie, and that's what sort of tipped me off. I'm like, is this made for TV? And so it was. that uh, ultimately it was, but not that necessarily dropping f bombs would have saved this movie by any means. But again, it just goes back to that. Uh, no one speaks in a natural tone. Nobody talks like a human being does. Everyone's either talking in, a, in exposition or in weird one-liners that are feel unnatural. So, yes, absolutely. Um, now, so, so overall, you could tell we really didn't like the movie very much. I mean, I, I personally, uh, I know you said you, you uh, disliked it more than The Chosen. I found The Chosen to be so boring and forgettable that I wouldn't recommend it to anyone for any reason. Um, but The Chosen, uh, the, the Hollow, at least, I would say, you know, look at the monster, at least, you know, like pull up the pull up Netflix Fast forward until you get to the monster and just kind of look at him a little bit. He's cool looking. Um, and this movie is probably funnier in the bad acting than The Chosen is. True, so. true. Toby is worth the, the price of admission for that. He is. Um, yeah. I will say about the monster briefly, um, again, the movie couldn't decide whether or not it was truly mystical or not. Because there were times, like we said, where it would like go through a keyhole or something like that. Or just kind of appear and it was like, oh no. But then there were times where it would have to like, it would walk around, like... Like you mentioned, when they're all huddled together in yep. the bunker trying to, to stay quiet, it's like crawling around or walking around like it's Michael Myers. Like, it's not mystical in any way. It's very grounded. It yeah, and it's usually on, you know, because the, 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 the cover of this movie is this thing standing on two legs towering, and so you imply, like, oh, this thing's like eight feet tall, and that's going to be kind of a something scary about it is how tall and menacing it is and looming, and this thing's going to be, you know, uh, walking around like Slenderman. Right. Um, and, and that doesn't really ever happen. You don't ever see this thing really truly walking on two legs. It's usually, you know, upside down on a hallway. Um, or just kind of creeping about on whatever the generators at the end, some, some sort of water facility at the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, um, 
That's hollow, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Zach, uh, I don't know if I told you, but uh, I actually did find in my research for the hollow, I found a deleted scene. Oh, really? Yeah, I sent it over to you. Um, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking maybe if possible. Um, yeah, if you could read. Uh, let's see here. Would you rather read as uh, Marley or Sarah? Um, I'll read as Marley because I like to think that I'm a rebel. Who uh, all my characterization is from me trying to smoke a single cigarette at the beginning of the movie. Yes, yeah, you smoke a lot of single cigarettes. Um, from what I've known of you. Right. All right, great. Um, so. Why don't I? I'll, I'll take the uh, this, the scene directions here, and I'll read uh, Sarah, and I think there's one other character here. I'll I'll, I'll read that as well. But okay. um, if you could do Marley for me, um, sure. All right. Do, do you have the uh, the deleted scene in front? I of do. You? I have it pulled up right here. Great. All right. So this is uh, exterior forest evening, as is most of the movie. Right. Uh, the two sisters, Sarah and Marley, stumble through the woods, tripping over the scary twigs and sticks, while searching for Emma, who has once again gone missing. Emma. 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 Emma? Emma! 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 Sarah? Marley? Sarah? Sarah? Sarah places her hand on Marley's shoulder in an assuring manner. Sarah. Seth stumbles into the scene as well, holding up a small camcorder, pointing it at his own face. What's up, guys? This is Sethy Poo, and welcome to Haunted Homeboy. This time we're on Spooky Storm Island being haunted by Sticks and Fire Slenderman. It's pretty spooky. Right now I'm giving it an 8 out of 10, but I'll give a final rating later. The monster appears sort of unnecessarily climbing through trees and sideways on branches because it's scarier than just walking on two legs. But I think he forgot that for the movie's poster. He grabs Seth and begins to pull him off screen for a PG-13 death. No, no, hang on, bros. This might be my last episode, so please like and subscribe and... (laughs) Sarah and Marley, having seen this happen, have a short and somewhat meaningful meaningful reaction. Something between scared and concerned. They turn back to their search. Emma? Emma? Sarah? Emma, 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 Marley? having just eaten YouTube sensation Seth turns his attention to the two girls he approaches them having to get creative to avoid walking by rolling flipping and performing handstands to reach them and stands menacingly his fire face shining with light the girls see him and raise a hand up dismissing him Emma 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 Sarah Emma Marley the monster, irritated at this rude gesture, crosses his arms and waits for them to confront him. Marley sees him waiting out of the corner of her eye and turns to face him. Emma, 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 Marley, Emma, Sarah, Emma, <sighs> Emma. Marley turns back away from the monster and rejoins her sister on the hunt for Emma. The monster, realizing he's embarrassing himself, hides his face so they don't see him crying, then shrugs, gesturing largely with his arms to indicate that he doesn't need them. He's a strong, independent, black sticks and twigs monster who doesn't need no teenage girls. He's got other people to kill. He begins to wander off in the other direction while, while ending them for the, the ending theme from the Bill Bixby Hulk plays. He gives one last look over his shoulder, mourning the loss of his best friends, then exits. Now, I don't, I don't understand why they cut this scene. No, I thought that gave a lot of real characterization. I'm very disappointed that that, uh, that, did. that didn't really, make the final cut. Yeah, it's really a shame. 
Uh, anyhow, uh, did you have any final thoughts on the movie here, Zach? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, I hope you all enjoyed Master Fart Theater, and uh, we'll be sure to include more of that in the future. But yeah, yeah in, in in regards to this film, I thought this thing was just a wet fart. I really, I really was irritated by most, if not all, the characters involved. Um, the premise was interesting enough, but I again, I think I would have much more preferred a more serious take on Hocus Pocus than than what actually we got from this film. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Um, I think that uh, there needed to be a bit more explanation on really anything. I mean, it seemed like such an isolated sort of movie where you didn't get quite enough backstory about the girls, enough to care about them. You didn't get quite enough backstory about this monster or how its powers worked or how to really defeat this thing because you would think the thing was summoned by lightning. You would think shoving a metal rod into it, thus struck by lightning, would only turn it into double monster right. uh, and not, you know, kill it. So here's a question for you. Did you think the fact that they were three girls was going to tie into it somehow? Like when they said, oh, well, there were six girls who were sacrificed as witches, as witches, and uh, that on the eve of their 100th uh, anniversary of their death, they were going to come back. Did you think that they were going to tie that into the three girls at all or no? I did not have confidence in that, no. Um, I, I, I kind of thought they were going to. I thought that you was going to be a thing. Like that it was going to be their destiny their or something like that. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It would have made sense, I mean, especially because, I mean, they really don't get into the fact that Emma's shining, having, you know, seen the future, literally seen the future very clearly, doesn't really help them at all. In fact, it no. worsens their situation because Emma knows which room Sarah just uh, took the monster to and knows where to go to unleash it back onto the world. So yeah. it really just makes the whole situation worse. It doesn't help out. It's not, it's not, it's not a good movie. Really. <laughs> no, no, it's really not. <laughs> Um, so, shall we try our, our, our uh, first version of our game? Shall we try that real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, I think uh, we, we've, we've decided that we'd like to get a little game going between Zach and I where we'll guess what we think the Rotten Tomatoes score of this movie is. And whoever gets closer, do you want to go Price of Right rules uh, without going over? or just I look? thought that. I thought that at first, but my concern is, what if it's a zero rating? Uh, that's, that's likely, and, uh, you're right, um, and so plus, I think... I'll, I'll always be a dick and just go, like, one less than you, or one more than you, I'll always make you go first. <laughs> you're such an, you're such an <laughs> asshole, I hate that you do that. Anyway, um... I won't do that. Um, so, so we'll try and take a guess here, and then, um, you, you want to talk about, uh, what's the loser, the winner okay. or the loser yeah. So we'll we'll try to we'll try to randomly pick what we think the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes rating is, and then winner obviously gets the spoils, but the loser has to then write a very positive, very detailed review of the movie and leave it as an Amazon comment or review for oh, the product. God. So, uh, and winner gets to choose the movie for next week. Okay, I'm fine with that. All so, right. Uh, Great. So, so, so it's it's a percentage rating system, right? Zero to hundred. It is, yeah, okay. and I believe since these are not wide-release movies, um, it's only going to be one score. We're just going to get, I believe it's going to be a user score. Probably, um, probably. Yeah. So what's your, what's your number? I'm going to say 12%. 12%? Yeah. I'm going a little higher, because I bet some people like this monster, some a lot of 13-year-olds, and 13-year-olds do have access to the internet. That's true. Do they now? Damn, that's they a shame. Do. They're allowed. Uh, so I'm going to go 30 Okay. Oh, you said big 13 spender. or 12? I said 12. 12. Okay, so you said 12, I said 30. So let's go ahead and type in Hollow now. And on 
IMDb has a 3.5 out of 10. So what would that equate to? That's that equate to a 35%. Oh, that sucks. So uh, so that's you then. You win. So then I'm... So you have to write a super positive review on Amazon um, for The Hollow by next week. And uh, let's see here. I believe I did have a movie picked out for us for next week here. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, also, by the way, I'd like to slap whoever wrote the description for The Hollow on this page. A Halloween romp when three sisters when three sister visit their aunts on a North American forest island, evading a wicker man dude whilst inhabitants get murdered. I would have called him a wicker man dude. Oh my gosh! Sorry, Netflix likes to do this thing now where you know no matter what you want to see on Netflix, it'll just start immediately playing something for you. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm thinking for our movie next week that we are going to watch the 2015 movie, The Lazarus Effect, starring Olivia Wilde and Mark Duplass. Interesting. Okay. All right. I believe Donald Glover is also in it, so hopefully it's very funny. (laughs) Well, you know, fingers crossed. Yes. Oh, dear. Well, all right. Uh, That's unfortunate for me. I'll start looking up. uh, I'll, I'll have to get my thesaurus out to find, you know, what are other options I can do other than this didn't suck horribly, even though it did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll do my best to write that up, and uh, I guess we may be able to read that next week. And, uh, and then I guess we'll start watching The Lazarus Effect and see what the hell that's all about. Beautiful. All right. Well, hey, guys. Um, thank you so much. I mean, uh, for right now, if you could go ahead and leave us a rating on iTunes, check us out on Stitcher, SoundCloud, any comments, anything you could do would be great for us. Um, uh, preferably all of them. You know what? Right. Actually, do uh, leave us a comment, um, review us, uh, comment on Stitcher, give us a listen uh, on SoundCloud, or don't do any of it. If you're not going to do all of it, don't even do one of them. Don't do one of those things. It needs to be all or nothing. Yeah, all or nothing, okay? <laughs> um, you want to plug anything before we're out of here, buddy? Uh, new episode of The Final 30 coming up this Tuesday. It is on, it is on um, a film called African Safari, which I was terribly worried about it being racist because it's made in, like, I think, 64 Oh boy! And it's uh, it. My concern was it was going to be one of those like, oh, these savages. What are they going to get into next? Oh, and goodness. Uh, yeah, so it was a little nerve wracking. But uh, so that'll be out on Tuesday on uh, YouTube.com/slash/HorribleHorrorsNew. And uh, that's about it for me. So anything from you, Tom? Fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, just uh, check out uh, once again hauntingandheroes.tumblr.com is uh, where I keep most of my writing. I uh, posted a newest short story pretty recently, so. Uh, you and know. I hope this uh, deleted scene somehow makes it on there as well. I think that it might. Be, uh, um, well, I mean, I didn't write the deleted scene. I was just no, but if you're the scene. if you're the forefront, uh, you know, catalyst of it, you may want to try to get it out there a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, maybe. Like share yeah, it yeah. at least. Re-reblog re- it, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, reblog it definitely. I, I can I can make that happen. But uh, yeah, if you want to. Check out! I've got a short story called "The Interview" on there that if you could check out and leave a comment, feedback is always cool. Um, otherwise, uh, that's it for me this week. Yep, that's everything for us. Again, I am one of your hosts, Zach Romero, and I am Tian Guignol. Thank you for listening, and continue circulating the tapes.